The waves that batter Britain's shorelines contain a huge amount of energy in every metre of wavefront. Three quarters of the Earth is covered in water and the oceans actually represent a large reservoir of stored wind energy. That's, that's effectively what the wave energy is. And it's a very, very concentrated form of energy. Harnessing that energy could provide all of our electricity needs. But converting the kinetic energy of waves into electrical power is a major engineering challenge. A Scottish company, WaveGen, has developed a shore-based device called the Limpet, which has been installed on the island of Isla. It's an oscillating water column with a Wells turbine power takeoff. And an oscillating water column uses the wave motion to make water inside a tube oscillate up and down. And the air above the water is compressed and decompressed, and it goes out and back in through a turbine. We commissioned the Limpet plant in November 2000. Uh, it provides power into the grid. It's a 500 kilowatt device. It'll play a major part in helping the island community move towards self-sufficiency in energy. But WaveGen have plans for bigger and better devices, which are at the model testing stage. At the early stage of development, we build numerical models and we build physical models, which we test in our wave tank. So we validate the numerical models against the physical models in the wave tank. And of course, we, we, now that we have a full-scale device, we, we are able to validate both our numerical models and our wave tank models. From the point of view of um, larger developments, you're looking at offshore floating devices, and that's, that's a lot of our effort is going into developing floating devices at the moment. Another Scottish company, Ocean Power Delivery, are actively developing a different way of harnessing wave energy. It's the Pelamis, or sea snake. The way our system works is by means of hydraulics, a hydraulic power takeoff system. The reason we've chosen that is because waves are characterised by uh, high forces and relatively low velocities. They've already completed several series of wave tank tests using a range of scale models. All wave energy converters work through uh, the principle of being very closely coupled to the hydrostatic forces, that is the, the sort of buoyancy versus weight, but what you have to be almost invisible to is the hydrodynamic forces, the things like inertia, drag and slam loads. And that's really the reason our machine looks the way it does, this long, thin, pointed structure into the waves to give it good survivability characteristics, which is one of the most important things for a wave energy machine. In use, the Pelamis will have to withstand the force of Atlantic waves, peaking at several megawatts of energy per metre. This one-seventh scale model has already been tested at sea. Future offshore wave farms might have some advantages over offshore wind farms. A wind farm consists of a number of wind turbines. A wave farm would consist of a number of wave energy machines. For example, a typical, if that's the right word, 25 megawatt installation would consist of 40 machines that would occupy about a square kilometre of ocean. 
um, and that's about four times less area than an equivalent wind farm. The moon's gravitational pull on the oceans creates the tides, another source of renewable energy. This power station on the Rance estuary in Brittany is one of only a few in the world to exploit tidal power. The ebb and flow of the water drives water turbines to generate as much as 240 megawatts. In the UK, tidal power could supply up to 20% of current electricity needs. The long proposed barrage across the Severn estuary could provide 6%. But the very high capital cost of this huge project means that it's likely to remain on the drawing board. So smaller and less costly approaches to harnessing tidal currents are being explored. One solution involves the use of turbines, which can be located between the surface and the sea floor. It's the flow of the tide that's turning the blades of this turbine. The simplest way of describing them is, is as an underwater windmill. We've basically got a rotor which uh, is submerged in the sea and as the water flows past, driven by the gravity which causes the tides, um, the rotor turns and drives a generator in much the same way that a windmill rotor turns as the atmosphere flows past it. A current of um, about four knots or two meters per second uh, represents eight kilowatts per square meter. The developers are now working on a larger scale prototype that will be fixed to the seabed off the south coast of England. It's a bit like a very large diameter lamppost stuck in a hole in the seabed. Um, and that, of course, isn't going to go anywhere. It can be designed to stay put. Uh, it removes at a stroke all the problems of anchors and cables and all the other things. And it's allowing us to install a system which will be rated at a maximum power of 300 kilowatts with an 11-metre rotor. Another approach, called the Stingray, uses an oscillating hydrofoil to capture the energy of ocean currents. A prototype was tested in Scotland in 2002. Britain's not only got a vast resource in terms of wind, it's also got the best wave power resource in, in Europe. Wave power's slightly taking longer to develop than wind power and I think we're now at exactly the right stage for the government to press ahead with that in order to create a, an economic lead for Britain in job creation from that industry. The UK currently has the lead in those, they're, they're infant developing industries but we have a technical lead, we want to make the most of that, not to lose it.